All right, all set. Here we go. Parents don't have to have all the answers. Do you know what you're interested in? Do you know what you want to do? And you quite simply, you get a yes or a no. I think having the option to do a cooking course at school is such a privilege. And to be able to then go to college afterwards, again, it's not a privilege that everyone gets. 18, 19 we, 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 years old, we're sending apprentices to basically anywhere on the, on the globe. I think we've covered just about every continent with apprentice visits. Hello and welcome back to the Parent Perspective podcast from Amazing Apprenticeships and Not Going to Uni. I'm Rachel Burden and this podcast is all about giving you, parents and carers, everything you need to know to help your children make the right choices after leaving school or college. So that's anything from apprenticeships to technical education, work experience to traditional academic study. Whatever next steps your child might be considering, we've got it covered. And you can find us on the Amazing Apprenticeships website or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please do join the conversation on social media too. Now, coming up in this episode, so many young people start their working lives in sectors like retail or hospitality. But how many of them imagine turning their first job into a career. Well, I'm joined by someone who has done that brilliantly. And it's Louisa Ellis who reached the final three of MasterChef The Professionals back in 2017, before then returning to win a special festive episode in 2020. And she's now a private chef, but has worked all over the place. Louisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Well, this is all about helping inspire not just young people, but also their parents and carers as well, um, with how to guide their children to make the right choices for them as they go through their school life and to open up, I suppose, the world of opportunity um, and and ideas to young people. And one thing we do know is that loads of young people get their first taste of proper working life in the hospitality sector but perhaps don't then consider it for a full-time career. So just tell us, first of all, when where did you get and when did you get your first taste of life in a kitchen? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because when I was younger, I, I never saw um, catering as a career choice. It was something that I just really enjoyed doing and it gave me that freedom, um, I suppose, away from home to do something that I really enjoyed doing. And it was, again, something that, at school academically um, was something that I just fell into and um, I'm, I might relate with some people here during school I really didn't enjoy sitting down and doing paperwork and maths and English those types of subjects weren't my favorites if you like so doing the cooking courses that we did at school was something where it kind of opened my eyes to actually this is something that I could really enjoy and do as an actual career um, so it kind of started there, really, doing a bit of cooking at home and then taking it on as a GCSE at school. Um, and then I was offered the opportunity to go to college and continue learning about cooking. So did you do a food tech GCSE then? I did, yes. And it was about the only subject that I actually just really enjoyed going to. I remember going into cooking classes and just walking away, just really excited mainly to do something that was experimental and and physical as well and not just sitting down doing something boring paperwork wise that's just how I how I work as a person I'm very kind of like physical and hands-on and I think perhaps the mistake that that some people make will be to think oh well food tech that's 
that's my easy one. That's the one where I have a bit of a laugh. But actually, it's it's quite academic as well. It's quite technical, isn't it? It is, yes. Because, I mean, even when you have to learn recipes and methods, you have to kind of store all that information in your head. Um, you can't just go back to a you know a book to kind of like cook to cook you have to be good at cooking and it takes skill to learn that it takes years and years of practice to get it right mm. so back in year 10 year 11 you were already thinking oh hang on this might be something I could turn into a career yeah definitely so I just I just knew that that was something that I enjoyed and there's so much pressure at school to know what you want to do isn't there with your education and I knew that was one of the subjects that I wanted to continue and I knew that I really enjoyed it so I took on a college course and did two years at college and I never looked back from there I think you're right you, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that a lot of people start out in the hospitality industry because it's quite an easy job to fall into initially but you do have to still be good at it and the thing is if you if you're good at it and you enjoy it that's when it can then become a career yeah those are the two key things aren't they you talk about having a sort of a, a natural skill I think probably with with cooking was that something that even started before that when you were growing up was food really important in the home definitely I think cooking with my granny um was where it all started really we used to cook spaghetti bolognese together my granny had a very kind of regimented week every Wednesday she would have spaghetti bolognese and that was the day that I would go to her house and we would cook spaghetti bolognese together so from that I wanted to then go home and you know treat my parents to a spaghetti bolognese and it started there really all of the experimentation it started from putting chili powder in spaghetti bolognese absolutely blew my mum and dad's head off with the chili <laughs> overload um but nevertheless it was experimentation and it was fun and it was just really good memories the fact that I remember that one particular memory there it's so fascinating how you can connect food and memories and happiness it's just that's why I really enjoy it did you ever think when you went off then to do it at college, did you ever think, oh, I'm boxing myself in here, um, maybe I should be looking at sort of broader, more general subjects? Or did you just think, well, let's just see where this takes me? There was a little bit of pressure because a lot of people that I went to school with had this kind of idea that they wanted to go to university. And that was a massive deal to everybody. At the time, I kind of just stuck to my guns and I just said, look, do what makes you happy, do what you enjoy, because ultimately, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, I, I'm one of those people, if I start a new hobby and I don't actually enjoy it, I'm not going to be very good at it. And it comes, it's the same with cooking. And I just continued to do my two years at college because there was such a, you, you had to go to college or you had to do this, you had to do that. And it was like, well, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do that. And um, I fell into doing a, a, a job on the side as well. And I did a bit of bar work as well as cooking. And I, I just absolutely love being in the kitchen. I couldn't stay away from it. So I just carried on doing it. So actually, that was really crucial as well in helping you guide your way. Because as soon as you got a taste for life in a professional kitchen environment, that grabbed you. Definitely. Yeah. I think having the option to do a cooking course at school is such a privilege and to be able to then go to college afterwards again it's not a privilege that everyone gets and I'm really really lucky that that was an option because I had I've not had that 
I think it would have been a bit more difficult to open my eyes to such experience. And actually, this is a career, not just something that you fall into because you're not academically good at anything else at school. Yeah. So what was the qualification, uh, first of all, because that's useful to know. And then what was your first job coming out of college? The qualification that I did was an NVQ level one and two. But I then went on after college to doing my level three, which was it was quite funny, actually, because I didn't do the level three until about four years in. So I had started a full time job, actually, and there was an opportunity to do an apprenticeship. And they said to me, look, you could do your full time job, but also do the apprenticeship on the side. How do you feel about that? And I was like, yes, absolutely. It's such a good opportunity to, you know, further your career and have that extra qualification so um, I, I decided to do that apprenticeship and um, carried on working full time at the same time. So it was really good. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? When you can combine those things and you're bringing in money as well. And 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 your first job, was it in like a big chain of restaurants? Was it a small business? What What kind of environment was it? The first cooking job that I had was in a hotel. It was fairly local to where I lived. It was a four star hotel, very kind of banquety food restaurant restaurant it wasn't like fine dining as such but it was good quality food and I, I was really lucky to have fallen into a kitchen where the staff members really cared about the food as well so it was um all sorts of different you know we had weddings we had restaurant food we had bar food you know sandwiches and the old school um you know just easy things to cook really but that's where it all started so it wasn't anything too fancy until later on in my career yeah, but you can take great pride and, and you know, in, in, in cooking and preparing those easy things as well, can't you? And did you find it challenging as a young person to to sort of show what you could do and, 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 and make your way through that world? Because we know, or certainly there is a reputation in hospitality that particularly in the kitchen, it can be quite a sort of tough, macho environment. Yes, I do. I do believe it's hard when you start out because you're young you do ultimately need to just soak up everything that you're taught and just get on with it and sometimes it's hard to to not do that because when you want to be you know experimental and do things your own way that's not always the right way to go especially when you start out as a chef so it's really important to soak up the knowledge from those people around you and like you say it is difficult to start with because you have to start somewhere and ultimately you have to start at the bottom when it comes to kitchens and until you prove your you know skill level it's then when you start making your way up the ranks and um you know if you want to ultimately get to the end goal of being a head chef let's say for example then that's something that will come in years to you know years of experience and and could you see that as a career path in front of you and 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 the possibility of progression Yes, I, I definitely did. Actually, I I always looked up to my first head chef and um, she was incredibly inspirational. I was very lucky to have her as a mentor to start out because looking up to her as a female as well, it actually proved that that was something that I could then work towards. So, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's a great opportunity. You know, when you get given the opportunity to work in a team that is actually pushing you as well. That's really important to have that positive energy in the kitchen, because sometimes when you work with people who are maybe not on the same level or they're you know, coming into work, they're quite grumpy, for example, that can be quite hard to work around. Um, but, yeah, having a good team is very important.
And when did you start to develop your own style, your own cooking identity? I believe I started to get my own identity with cooking when I started working in fine dining restaurants. And that was when I was given more opportunity to have an input on the menus. So that would have been when I when I moved to Birmingham, actually. And that was about, you know, about six, seven years ago now. And how old were you then? Gosh, I was, I was, how old was I? I was about 19, 20. So you're still really young. Yeah, it's it's strange. So I've been cooking since I was 16. So I started, I've always been, I've never not had a job. Um, mm. Even when I was younger, you know, I was, I was delivering newspapers to the locals, but it's just the work ethic that my family brought me up in. So yeah, so working in fine dining restaurants in Birmingham. So there was a, a Michelin star kick kitchen that actually I really really wanted to work in and I'd actually gone there to eat one day and I said I never really knew what fine dining Michelin star restaurant food was like and once I had experienced that and eaten that food I'd walked away from that experience I was like right I want to work here I want to learn how to eat that make that food that I've just eaten so I went and actually applied for a job there and they had me in for a trial shift and they said to me you've got the job and I couldn't believe it. And I was then working in a Michelin star kitchen. And that's when I started to truly understand fine dining food, refined food. You know, it was just something that I fell in love with even more. And how would you sort of describe your style of, of, of cooking now? My style of cooking, I, I would say that it's modern British and I love experimenting with flavours and combinations that maybe you wouldn't expect um, because I think that's quite fun to play with. However, I, I do have a French, classic French cookery background. So there always seems to be something within that dish that is made a certain way to what I learned basically at college. You know, the very technical, um, old school, classic techniques, they always come back. They never leave you. Yeah, I, I just think it's um, incredible how from such a young age, those basic skills now are still probably at the core of what you do. So it just goes to show how... Um, how how crucial potentially those years of our sort of school and college lives can be when we make that decision to to go in a certain direction and look you were only 22 when you went on MasterChef yes yeah only 22 and it was quite scary actually because I had applied for this cooking competition knowing that I wasn't at my full potential I knew I had loads more to learn but at the same time I didn't have as much to lose so I think that's what kind of motivated me to do it and I was at a point where I just said to myself look I could apply for it or I could not apply for it and the risk of not applying for it I'd probably regret not replying for it applying for it more so actually I'm glad that I did that because it really pushed me and since doing that I've learned so much about myself my confidence has grown and it's just really helped set up my career for the future. And it's given you an incredible platform, hasn't it? Um, and and your, your recognition, I would imagine, within the industry um, has really rocketed as a result. Do you think that people who work in the hospitality industry get anything like the recognition and the respect perhaps they deserve? I, yeah, I think that when you work in an industry like hospitality, you you do need to kind of like, prove your worthiness if you like and you have to work quite hard to get to that stage 
I think when you're younger, you don't get as much respect. And that's that's probably just down to the fact that there's this kind of like stigma about chefs where, you know, if you don't work hard, you don't work all of these hours, then you're not a proper chef and so on. But I think that's starting to change now for the better. And I think it's becoming, you know, a better environment to work in. And you do have to, I mean, with any job, you have to work hard to prove, you know, your career and how good you are at your job and mm. that leads to opportunities and you know applying for master chef in my case you know I knew that I I wasn't the best chef in the world but I I was humble about that and I and I was accepting of that and I think that was really important because it then meant that I was able to come from that experience and keep learning and growing. What are the common misconceptions that you uh, most frequently come across when um, talking to people about your career and your life as a chef? That's a hard question. I suppose the thing we think about is, I mentioned the sort of macho environment, long hours, antisocial hours. Is it more difficult for a woman, particularly further down the line, if you're thinking about family life, um, that kind of thing? Is Is that ever been part of your consideration I mean it's it is difficult the thinking about having a family in the future is always quite a difficult thing to do because as a chef you obviously you would have to then think about how you, would you work that job back into what you're how would you feel about that you know um it has it's been something that's crossed my mind for sure but I I do think that in this day and age there is always a way to adapt and I think people are more understanding about these things. So I don't think it's something that people should be ever worried about. You know, don't just not go into kitchens and cook because you want to have, you know, a family at the age of, you know, say, let's, for, for example, 30, because that's not where your career stops. That's where actually you need to start thinking about how could I change my career? What could I do differently? You know, could I start a slightly different business of my own that allows me to still have a family and do what I really enjoy doing? Because that's exactly what you've done, actually. Let's talk a bit about your career progression, because it's been phenomenal. As I say, still so young, but you've worked at Michelin-starred restaurants, but ultimately have ended up setting up your own business. Yeah, so I yeah worked in Michelin-star kitchens for a little while. Um, I think in total I worked in, in kitchens up until the age of about, I mean, I mean I'm 28 now, so I've, I've been doing this private dining business for nearly six years now. Wow. And, you know, I, I'd worked in restaurants before then and had really enjoyed it and just soaked up as much as possible, but it had got to the point where I decided and needed that change to accommodate my lifestyle better and to create more of a working life balance and I would be lying if I said that I had more of a work-life balance now because I don't just yet but I do think I'm well on the way and that does take time and having your own business is not as easy as you know it's not easier than having working at a restaurant you have to build that you know you have to make you make make customers you have to work really hard behind the scenes on different things that people don't see on a day-to-day -day basis so it's hard, but it's more rewarding because it's for yourself. So I think that's really great. And, you know, even during lockdown, for example, I had to completely stop what I was doing and adapt. And I had this real kind of panic moment of, 
oh my goodness, I can't work. I don't have a job. I, I'm not employed by someone. I can't, I don't get any kind of like benefits here. So I really had to just think on my feet at that point. And I was really thinking on my feet to the point where I'd, I'd stayed up for about two days in a row thinking, oh my goodness, right, what could I do? Am I going to start having to start selling sandwiches or, you know, what could I do? So I started a delivery service and we, back then we weren't allowed to, you know, have any contact with people. So I was trying to figure out all the business elements of it. How could I deliver without any contact? And so things that I would never have had to think of before. And I had to also become more of a people person because I was having to deal with customers face to face and having to organize deliveries and stuff. But I had to do that. I had to adapt during lockdown. And ever since then, I've decided to do lots of different business ventures that have actually, it's actually opened my mind to, to business, not just cooking. So it's amazing. Yeah. Well, it is a way that you've kind of developed yourself and, and your career. And what advice then would you have to young people who are thinking about hospitality, whether it's chefing or just working in the hospitality industry in general, but might have reservations about, I don't know, career progression or job security. What would you say? My advice to younger people thinking about going into the hospitality would be, firstly, is it something that you really enjoy doing? If you don't enjoy doing it, then I think it might be best to see how that might benefit you. Because actually, if you don't enjoy doing it, you're just forcing yourself some, to do something that you, you don't enjoy doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing would be to take up as much experience as possible. You know, at a young age, it'd be great to get yourself into different restaurants, different styles of restaurants. You know, you might go and work in an Italian restaurant, but you might not enjoy that. So take yourself to like what I did, work in a Michelin star kitchen, if that's an option for you. Start from the bottom, work your way up. And, you know, you might find actually... I really enjoy working in this fine dining establishment, but I don't enjoy making sandwiches for a bar. And it's very different. And it's like it's like being a baker as well. You might really enjoy baking cakes, but you don't enjoy, you know, cooking a spaghetti bolognese, let's say. So there's lots of different avenues that you can go into. So don't be put off at the first thing when you're young. Yeah. And and I don't like to talk about regrets because everything that's happened has got you to where you are now. But are there any not mistakes you've made, but perhaps alternative routes you might have taken looking back now on on, on what you know about what your, your past life? I don't have any regrets because I'm a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. But if I had known about going into fine dining sooner, as in working in a Michelin star kitchen sooner, there is such a great opportunity for doing that because once once you get into those kitchens, they teach you more. They they taught me more than I had learned over the previous five years because they really do spend lots of time with you. You learn all of the up-to-date techniques of cooking. And like I say, you start from the bottom and work your way up, but you have every opportunity to learn different styles of cooking. And I, I learned, you know, different sections in the kitchen as well. So previously I'd been put in the pastry section or on the starter section. I think that was quite a typical thing for a lot of kitchens to do. However, I had this kind of drive of doing something that every, you know, what people tell me that I can't do, I, I want to do. 
So I was like, right, I want to learn how to cook meats and cook sauces and cook fish. And, you know, we were getting f- fresh crabs in every day and they were teaching me how to prep those. And these are things that I'd never done before. So I think just you have to just throw yourself in the deep end. Going into, you know, that kitchen was the best thing I ever did. But had I have preferred being a baker, I would have taken myself to the best possible bakery that was around and said, look, can I do some work experience here? Prove yourself, work hard and maybe they would offer you a job. And don't be afraid to sort of start at the top level, find the best of where you want to be and knock on the door, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I think any restaurant these days, if you turned up, and this was something that my mum and dad taught me when I was younger, you have to, you have to going up, if you don't ask, you don't get. And if, if, if I, for, for me personally, if I had someone knock on my door tomorrow and said, um, a young 16-year-old had come into my kitchen and said, I, I really enjoy cooking. I want to learn more. I'll do everything it takes to get to where I need to be. Can you teach me? I'd be like, my, this is amazing. This is what we need. This is the kind of attitude we need in the industry. So absolutely, go and do it. Go for it. Do whatever you need to do to get to where you want to be. That's brilliant advice, actually. And then just finally, um, what is the the, the secret to a brilliant spaghetti bolognese can you give us your granny's uh, secret recipe or or what have you added to it over the years that makes it particularly good um sorry granny but i feel like i might have improved the recipe slightly <gasps> she's gonna hate me for this because she actually used to bulk the bolognese out with baked beans and i'm not really a fan of baked beans she really did sneak them in there because you know trying to bulk it out and make it a bit cheaper <laughs> but um the, the key is to take your time with sweating off the onions loads of garlic I mean you know when the recipe says two cloves of garlic it's always you know at least double right um and good quality meat very good quality meat and you just let it simmer for a while in the sauce obviously always make your own uh, tomato sauce that's a given and a bit of fresh basil in the end as well yeah um baked beans okay for shepherd's pie i'm going with that for that but not 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 as a bolognese over pasta um my mother-in-law um adds a little bit of cinnamon which definitely gives it a little bit of something oh yeah do you like that in small doses <laughs> i mean she does make a great ragu so i'm, I'm not going to argue with her um Louisa, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you. It really has and genuinely inspirational. And I think it will be hugely instructive for our audience, uh, for young people, for, for parents and carers listening as well. So thank you for your time. No, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much to Louisa and to you as well for listening to this episode of The Parent Perspective. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, you can find Amazing Apprenticeships on social media. That's Amazing Apps UK or Not Going to Uni at Not Going to Uni. Just use the hashtag Parent Perspective. See you soon. <laughs>